0: From the Blue Springs Golf and Country Club Please welcome Tim O'Connor Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap As well, from uh, Parts Unknown, golf spiritual leader Humble Howard Golf clap, golf clap Welcome to Swing Thoughts, everybody Mm -hmm.
1: We're very genteel this morning
0: (laughs) Just trying to be, uh, you know, a little more mature (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you didn't add all the things, you know, all the things that I've won or anything, or things that you've won. So, but I like that. It's the humble open that we're
0: in. Yeah, oh. uh, you get all hear that. Come yeah, on, yeah. let see what uh, you mean. when you start bragging. And um, this is Swing Thoughts, uh, the uh, golf podcast. Uh, you know, we've been around. I see some of these uh, newer golf podcasts. I'm like, you know, we we're now into our seventh year, I guess. I don't know seventh year. And uh, we're proud to be uh, sponsored and brought to you by JW Apparel, Inc. Uh, Both of us uh, festooned in some garb this morning. Uh, Go check that out. Of course, Neuropeak Pro uh, Precision Breathing. That's what that's all about. And, of course, TaylorMade Golf. Uh, Over the last 40 years, you've inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers, but all materials reach their limits. So just like they went from persimmon to steel and then steel to titanium, now it's time to leave titanium behind because the future belongs to carbon. As uh, you all know by now, TaylorMade Stealth, the uh, red carbon, 60-layer carbon face, I should say, for better energy transfer and more ball speed. To learn more about Stealth or to schedule a fitting, it's not too late, to check out TaylorMadeGolf.ca. That's a dramatic pause right there. That's what that was.
1: It was. And I feel like the need to rush in and fill it.
0: It's all right. <laughs> nature abhors a vacuum. It is. Do you think they'll update that someday to nature abhors a Roomba? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, a, do you know what a Roomba is? Oh, yeah. The little robot. The little robot vacuum.
1: You know what? I, I learned this week that they have robot vacuums for your pool now.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's been around I for really a long time. Yeah, I, know, I just live in a small city. but um, Well, no, even in your small city, they've been around for a long time.
1: Yeah, but I just. Well, I guess I don't hang with people with
0: pools. Yeah. Uh, but um, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. My uh, golf uh, cart robot is amongst my favorite items that I own. I have two items that I own that are, I don't know if they're that extravagant, but they're two of my favorite things, and of course, they're related to golf. One is the golf robot, which I've been using the last couple of days. Uh, Now that the uh, humidity has kind of dropped a bit, it's just made walking so much more pleasant. Oh, yeah. Um, I played a tournament on Monday. It was 27 holes. I want to talk about that later, but it was so humid. Like, we're in carts, but it was punishing. The second thing I own, and it's a recent purchase, is a... uh, Is a fancy massage chair. (laughs) Ooh, the the thousand fingers urging you to let go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just want, you know, here's the thing. We haven't seen each other in person here at my studio for some time, but if there's ever an occasion where we need a meeting downtown or something, just, I need you to spend 20 minutes in the chair. I'm not saying that it's going to replace Sandy, your wife, but it's pretty good. <laughs>
1: I was wondering
0: where this might <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> it's pretty. I'll tell you what. It's pretty good times in the massage chair, especially after a round of golf. You know, I go in there, I put it on stretch mode, and it kind of like it's something else. Anyway, I'm you, just I'm, uh,
1: if if you feel like you're having, you want a massage, but you don't have time. Do you have a cold shower instead?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just listen. I want to get personal. All I know is that uh, <laughs> that Linda and I are very happy.
1: Okay. Hey, I just want to ask you. Linda's
0: the massage chair, by the way.
1: Okay. Your golf robot. Yes. um, Do you have a name
0: for it? I don't, actually. I don't. I I guess uh, I've had it now for three years. And uh, I I know you walk. Sometimes I think you carry, too. No, just walk. But I will tell you that the Uh, young guys... The young guys chirp me all the time. The younger guys, and I say, you know what, fellas, I didn't think I was going to get to my golf robot years, but I did. And I I only regret I didn't get one earlier. This is my third summer with it, and it is. For and again, we're not sponsored by golf robots, but I'll tell you. Yesterday, walking around, like as opposed to pushing that shopping cart thing that they have at Clublink, oh yeah, which I detest. um, Like if you have a really good pull cart, then there's some really good ones. they're, They're effortless. But uh, the one thing about the robot is that you get to walk sort of your arms swinging at your side, and it's like having a caddy. Oh,
1: walking walking unencumbered by yes. a bag, whether you have to carry it or push it, is is absolutely wonderful. Um, Tom Nowak, who plays at your club. Yes, State, I know, Karen. Tom. Very nice He's player. At Blue Springs. I used to love being with him with his cart, uh, particularly on number nine at Blue Springs, where the geese have a tendency to hang out. Yeah, yeah. And he would send his golf little robot right into them, and he would would figure
0: eight chasing after them. Oh, it's hilarious. I I do this thing sometimes where I see, like, how far I can be away from it and still control it. Like, it's it's weird. It's weirdly distracting for me because in between shots, I'm like, okay, it's on the card path, but I'm over here. Can I keep it centered on the card path? You know, like I'm... Uh, But I was going to say, there's a very famous Roman saying. I only know this from when I went through my crossword period for a while there. There's a famous um, Roman uh, philosophy, and it says, through walking, all things are solved.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, that goes back to our discussion with um, Annie Murphy. uh, She talked about how how when we're physically engaged and walking, our brains work better. Yeah. but I don't want to get too um, sounding too smart. Um, I wanted to ask you this really important question: Has your golf golf robot fallen in a creek yet?
0: <laughs> it's funny that came up yesterday. I uh, the first year <laughs> I had it, I uh, drove it into uh, sand trap several times. Um, I haven't. It's never gotten wet, but I have driven it into myself in almost every round. Like I'm not. I'm talking to somebody, and it's and I lose track of it, and then I it hits me. Or occasionally, I've hit other people. Does it say "excuse me"? It does not. And by the way, mine's not even one of the fancier ones. Um, mine is uh, basically a, a, a frame that you attach the battery and wheels to it. The really right. fancy ones are all part of it. And the only downside of mine is that wheelbase is fairly wide, and there's a couple bridges over the burns at my course where I have to be, I can't do it automatically. I have to sort of push it over, or I will be in the water.
1: Yeah, I know the one you mean. It's kind of had this big rectangular
0: yeah. sort of box thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a whole bunch of Club Link guys have it uh, at Blue Springs. And I'll just say, like, versus the fancier one, and the fancier one's got a little bit of a guide wheel, and like, I can't go up steep inclines without. You know, guiding it myself But the, the downside of the other ones Is there are a few thousand dollars This one was under a thousand dollars And I've had it for three years And I, it doesn't owe me anything I've gotten, you know, great enjoyment out of it And I find it uh, if I wanted, This will be a great segue to start our topic today Which is the last couple of days Are the first two rounds of golf I've played In at least a month Without any consequence and I know that's a weird thing to say. Like, there's, you know, I, I don't. Okay, let me phrase it this way: the first two rounds I played, sort of outside of a tournament setting, whether it's men's night or a qualifier or an invitation or the senior am. And I got to tell you, I, I was this close to calling you. I haven't shared this with you because I know we've spoken. <laughs> I was this close to calling you after Monday because I got. I kind of regressed a little bit and I have felt that way over the last three weeks that I have had some behavioral regression, not quite to golf hell because I haven't outwardly displayed it. But inwardly, I've had some inward seething going on. In fact, the guy I played with on Monday Made a point of calling me after the round, telling me how enjoyable I was to play with me. And I said to him, "I'm glad you thought so because I thought I was a fucking asshole." And he laughed because I did. I was. I mean, I played in a tournament again. I, I finished. Uh, I think I finished tied for fifteenth or sixteenth, so it wasn't terrible, but i haven 't been living up to my own self imposed expectations or whatever you mean about performance performance or, it, or? B- all of it right. and a couple of times like when monday I, I something would happen, and the other guys would go to the tee and I was like like really angry just for a second, and I was able to you know go past it and hit the next shot, but I was going to call you and go like, How is it possible after seven years, and all the Information that I have and that I espouse how could I how could I ever be that mad again and Let me. I'm going to finish by saying so what I did the last two days is I was playing with my brother and his girlfriend who's a very they're both nice golfers and one of my best friends and for 36 holes I said to myself I'm not going to focus on anything else other than The outward experience of playing golf with my brother, one of my best friends, uh, and this situation, I I just want to focus on that. And you know what? It's the lightest I've felt on a golf course in three weeks. Comments, concerns, feedback. (laughs) Well, um, what you're talking about
1: alludes or is directly related to what we've mentioned on this podcast many times is the role of intention and I've come to see how it's very different than attention and I look at intention as the macro piece and what I'll go right back to is the story we've told ad infinitum on this podcast about when you and I, we had met we were in the process of deciding upon doing a podcast and we I, we entered kind of in a, a in an informal coaching relationship. And I remember you telling me that you hadn't broken about eighty two in about two weeks, and you'd come this close to mashing your driver on one of those stone T-markers. Yes, yes, and you're that's just me. beside yourself, like what the f? I'm trying to. I've tried everything, and and I just said to you, what if you set an intention that you could just be a great golf partner? The, your next few rounds and you set that intention I remember you called me and said you know what i've got two guys they're they friends of mine I'm gonna play some golf and we had a wonderful time and um i shot 74 <laughs> Well, it comes it, yeah. from just that setting that intention kind of like setting you know your mission sort of the guidepost that you're gonna be aiming at all the time that this is the way i'm going to be right and it it sort of just sets the tone in a framework, actually almost in, unconsciously, that, you know, I'm not going to, when I start to, you know, have these undercurrents of anger or, or nonsense going on, uh, foreboding drama, I'm, whoa, wait a sec, that's not my intention. We're here to have a good time with my brother or with these guys, and that makes such a difference, and it's, that's the power of intention.
0: Well, yeah, of course, we've told the story about both of us And the many times we've been in, in and out of golf hell And and, and I'm not that I'm uh, immune to it That's what I was trying to say Like, for three weeks, starting, you know Like, going into the senior and As I've explained on a couple of different shows Like, I was really in a frame of mind That I've rarely been in as a golfer Where I'm like, you know, I'm playing like playing at a really high level And I'm playing well right now And that set up a three-week tailspin of not living up to what I thought I was going to, including Monday, where I got to play for the first time, the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. And it's a big First first time I've ever played it. Wow. And um and uh big invitational, all the guys I play in the circuit were all there, all the big names in Ontario and and again, you know, so in my senior geezer category, there was probably 50 or 60 guys. So tied for 15th isn't terrible. But in that round of golf, there was a heaviness. And our, our guest in a couple of weeks, uh, Kathy Hartwood, <clears throat> she's, she's the woman I've been working with uh, earlier in the summer. And, and she talks about that heaviness that we carry with us. And, and that's what I've been doing. And I realize it's been... Uh, um, I didn't realize how heavy I've been feeling until the last 36 holes where I felt so different. And I, you know, I know the, of course, the, the moral of the story is I've shot, you know, pretty good scores. I shot 74, 74 more back to my average scores. Um, but none of the heaviness, because I was able to play and feel light and enjoy the company. And I thought to myself, well, and this is what I want to run by you. And then and share with the audience There's no reason You can't feel that way Even when it's a tournament And that's what I've got to remind myself That some of the Some of that lightness I need to bring that to my To my And it's, it's a, and one of the things you say, used to say to your players To slightly care less Not care so much You know slightly what I mean? Slightly don't care Slightly don't care because like, literally, we played a 27-hole tournament on Monday. On the 26th hole, I got so mad at something that happened. Again, the guys didn't see it, that I snapped. This is, if the Hamilton course is listening, it was me. You know the clip thing on a, on a golf cart that clips the scorecard to the wheel? Yeah. I, I, um, I was so mad, but I took the, I was trying to get the pencil out of the little slot holder on the, on the clip. And I snapped it. I snapped the pen. I wanted to snap the pencil, but I snapped the little holder as well. So that was the 26th hole. That's six hours into a round. Tantrum moment. Yeah, I spit. I was like a baby. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck is wrong with me? (laughs) You know, really? Like that was me. Golf spiritual leader on Monday, not on the first hole, the ninth hole, in the middle of the round. It was the 26th hole. So... (laughs) <laughs> I, I bring this up because I don't want people to think that uh, Just because uh, I've transcended To some higher plane of uh, understanding That I And I just said Well I almost called you I guess I was going to call you on Tuesday But I knew I'd be talking to you today Because I was going to say to you like Dude like when How uh, yeah. can I what, How can this, be, this? How, can, how can this still be me Like <laughs> exactly. god damn it Yeah Yeah
1: well, as I said to many of my clients, thank you for confirming your humanity. Yeah. <laughs> Despite your your um, supposed enlightened status. But you, of course, you know, and the Buddhists will tell you. I know who tells you they're enlightened or not
0: enlightened. Ah! <laughs> you know, by the way, people are starting to get that. When I say I'm golf spiritual ear, there's a bit of irony to that, everyone, just so you get it. In case you hadn't picked up on that yet, just a, a wee little bit. Um, yeah,
1: but the thing that I come back to with people a lot. So a lot of the coaching that I do, it's it's a combination of of golf coaching, how to play in a tournament, you know, finding some more fun in this game, your consistency, if you if you will. But it's also in many ways, it's life coaching. You don't change anything unless you kind of drop down into your behaviors and the things that you've been doing. So you've been, you've been carrying yourself a certain way all your life, like in your seventh decade now of doing it. Um, and these things we've got since childhood, since we're two and three, we start to develop these imprints or these, these strategies, all unconsciously, for how we're going to survive in the world. And they serve us. Well, and in other ways, they cost us. But so that we have stories, belief systems, and in in shadow, the, the, this um, this peculiar thing that's we've most of that stuff like we repress and so we don't even know what goes on. But anyways, that those stories and belief systems that we've carried through our life, they just don't go away because we read some books or we went to therapy for a year, or we are enlightened that w- that stuff never goes away it's always there and it depends on the amount of stress we're under and what's going on and so we cycle through these things and a lot of it I think you just demonstrated that you went through this period of you said about three weeks and you kind of went oh shit I'm cutting out all my old bullshit whatever yeah. you want to call it oh absolutely and, yeah, yeah. and you have an awareness oh I'm doing that thing and and so you you, you kind of well, you respond, and what you did in many ways was to say, "You know what? Uh, this heaviness thing—it's uh, not working. So, I'm just going to have a great time with with my brother and his partner and play golf." And and it then we start to shift. Yeah. And but man, we cycle through. We, you know, I, I don't believe that anyone is is cured or leaves behind old behaviors. They always come up. It's like I don't know. Like an an alcoholic um it, that the desire i got I think for a drink you know, every once in a while it rears its ugly head or any addict it's there's always there's almost like there's something is pulling you there, but it takes
0: will i don't know what do you think of that um I mean leaving the addiction aside because I'm not qualified. I can only talk about my own experience, and I have really. It's as far as my not drinking and now it's past six and a half years, you know, I don't I haven't I have not experienced much regression in terms of, oh, I should have a drink. But in my golf life in six and a half years, ironically, sort of lining it up, I have to go through. like it's, it's almost like I need to experience that heaviness from time to time. Then to realize, oh yeah, that 's not a behavior that I want to continue, because ultimately, for selfish reasons, those reasons being I want to score as low as I can mm-hmm. that 's not serving me um, before we end today, I want to just there's a there's a little technical discussion I want to have um, for the players listening but but technically. Once you're at a certain level in golf, and it doesn't not necessarily like, you know, whether it's you and I or even a, a 15 handicap. Once you have a, enough of a a sense of the game to move the ball through the air, your your golf game is always just a few adjustments away. But what has happened to me is mentally. I haven't had um, this discussion. I've been sort of trying to work it out on my own, getting angrier and angrier, which is why I was going to reach out to you for a little bit of an intervention because I'm like, I don't want to continue like this. Mm -hmm. And and what I did is sort of as a palate cleanser, (laughs) if you will. Oh, great phrase. But I, I decided that I would take the time with my brother, who I love and love playing golf with, to just see if I could readjust the experience again and make it, and I know it sounds strange to play the game for fun. Like I spend so much of my time thinking, practicing and doing and whatever. But ultimately when I'm out there, like I want to have a smile on my face. I want to enjoy the experience. And it's not like I didn't make bad shots in 36 holes. There were several shots I hit that were like, you know, uh, just shitty. You know not, yep. not great, but but the way I reacted to them left me feeling light and and I was just sort of and that 's part of it is walking because it 's yep. the first time i 've walked in a while, you know for people um, who don 't live in Southern Ontario. it has been so hot it 's it's been almost impossible to walk um, enjoyably, but now that the humidity left, I, I think that walking really helped me because it gave me time. You know, the robot gives you, like, the experience of your arms swinging. It just gave me time to feel the ground. You know, I don't don't want to sound too esoteric, but at some point on uh, Wednesday when we played, there was a a certain cloud formation, and I was talking about, you know, what that is in aviation terms and blah, blah, blah. Like, I know it seems weird, but I was noticing those things as opposed to rushing to get to my ball to make up for the mistake I just made. Yep. Love that.
1: I love love all of what... What you were talking about there, and but so many golfers it have this. I love that word you came up with because I think it's so appropriate. Is a heaviness, and it, because golf isn't. It's the, it, they they misconstrue. Not misconstrue, but golf for them be has become this very grim, dogged pursuit of yes of golf nirvana if I just find the magic tip or if I just do the right thing move my elbow this way or do this or that I will solve my golf problems and I'll be happy and and it just is a grim unrelenting trudge it's just not fun and the 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 problem is is that one of the problems is this golf culture is constantly saying well do you you want to match this model, you want if you want it to be good, you have to do this, this, and this. And so we're always looking outside of ourselves for this stuff. But the the key piece I wanna come back to is just that it's not fun. And I was talking to a client this week and he was just like getting beside himself. And I said, you know, and he I said, I think you have a decision to make here. Are you gonna continue on this grim Journey, like I called it, or are you going to find out why you you know what got you into golf in the first place? What intrigues you about it? What are things you enjoy, and how can you have fun and still? ever the drive for mastery never goes away. Everyone get, is thrilled by a low score, and when something seems to quote work, but it's a balance, and if you lose that sight of that balance of of fun and enjoyment. Friends, environment, then golf just ain't fun, and you play uh, shitty. Well,
0: I, yeah, I want to ask you about your client, though. No, you know, not the it's coach confidentiality, but um, it might be instructive. Like, what are the things that? And by the way that that idea of that Kathy Hartwood talks about the heaviness, you know where it comes from? It comes from a sh- it comes from shame and I know you do. Oh, totally. It's all yep. and it and it's all like her thing is like okay, if I have a good score, I get to feel good about myself. If I have a bad score, I feel bad about myself, but almost in a way like I deserve to feel bad. That's how I have like sometimes after I'm not like, just a bad golfer, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person and I just I don't deserve um this. Somehow, But I was going to say, like, I've lost. I sometimes lose track of the fact that, yes, you can take the game seriously, because obviously I do. But you have to take yourself less seriously in the pursuit of it, because that's my problem. And maybe others feel this way, too. Sometimes I think, okay, in order to conduct myself as a professional amateur golfer, I have to have this sort of vibe about me where i can't have fun doing it because the last couple of days i had i was loose and light and you know i was outside of myself because i was helping my brother and my buddy henrik was there and we're talking golf and ruth can play and it was you know lots of fun and good shots and but i wasn't taking the game as seriously sort of as i as i have been the last three or four weeks you know like okay it's a tournament. Now I have to get into tournament mode. And even though outwardly, that's the last thing I'll say, is that if you saw me outwardly, I'm, I'm projecting this image that I'm not feeling inside. And that's the real problem is that that's why, you know, the person I played with said, hey, you were you were good to play with today. And I said, well, I I'm, I'm, I'm appreciate you saying that. But if if I asked myself, I didn't feel like a good person to play with. I wasn't I didn't feel light. You know, there was lots of moments in that round. Monday, I felt very heavy and disgusted with myself. Like, really? For what? Exactly. You know, yep. and you and you know, I have said this a thousand times. Who cares what I shot on Monday? The same people that didn't care what I shot on Monday won't care what I shot yesterday. Only, yep. uh, only I do. And, um, and I, you know, I know we've had this discussion on the podcast. I, I have to move past this because, you know, I spent a lot of time doing this. And I love doing it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so many golfers go through this. I mean, they're 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 just so in love with the game. Uh, they they watch golf videos. They read about golf con- constantly. Golf channel, just immersed in this world of golf, and yet, the game torments them at the same time. It's torture. Yeah, it's <laughs> it just, is. So, like, why can't I have this? I I work hard. I do all this stuff. Have all this knowledge. But there, it's how can we create a context for ourselves to play where we can we can just really enjoy ourselves and it comes back to um, Judson Brewer. I remember when we talked to him. I think it was in our second year of our podcast. He talked about intrinsic. what goes on intrinsically, extrins- extrinsically. Yeah, I could say that word nicely. No, you did extrins-
0: well. I thought I was going to let you. I wasn't going to jump in and throw you a life preserver. <laughs> I was like, where's O'Connor going with this? Intrinsically and strategically.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so, when we're talking about things kind of outside of ourselves, it's about yes. like things like results. You know, I shoot a certain score, good person, drive a fancy car, a new car, What? All, I get the promotion. All these things say, well, I'll we'll be happy then," but actually, they don't. We get them; it's like a couple of days later. Oh, oh, what was that? But they just don't deliver what the the happiness they think that that we will experience. Whereas, intrinsically, if we just feel good about ourselves and what we're doing, and that sense of of, of gratitude and lightness. I mean, yeah. Think of it when you're in when you're feeling grateful about something. A, you're present, and B, your light. And you're not, you don't have expectations. You're not saying it should be this way, this way. No, you know what? As it is, it's great. You're going to love so this.
0: I'm just going to interject. And I'm this grateful. Out. I, I read something this morning about gratitude, and I, and I was trying to find it before the show because I, I wanted to get the quote right, but I think I just remembered it. Gratitude is what presure, is the present. So let me do it again. Gratitude, extrinsically. Gratitude. <laughs> Is the preservation of optimism. There you go. Love that. Oh, wow. That is,
1: that's next level.
0: Gratitude there. is what preserves optimism. And my optimism has been very low lately. Even though I've been working hard on my game. And even though I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to start shooting some good scores again. But, but I haven't been very grateful uh, for the opportunity. And gratitude preserves optimism, not only in our lives, but in our golf games especially. And, you know, I want to spend the rest of this summer. My friend Ken Osborne uh, always talks about this. He's the uh, scratch attitude guy. Really good character. And, you know, we've had him on this show and and we will again. But he's very big into the if this were the last round of golf you were going to play this weekend. How would you want that experience to be? Love that. And whether you're a 90 shooter or a scratch golfer, we're all going to have a last round at some point. Mm-hmm. And if you can approach your every round like this might be the last one, because I'll tell you what, if I le- I left Hamilton on Monday and I thought if that were my last round, you know, it's a pretty shitty way to end it because I spent a lot of that round being self-absorbed and and just kind of like again internally. By the way, speaking of that, Judson Brewer, like one of the things that, and I I shared this with my brother, I said, you know, because David, like a lot of golfers, can get inwardly focused and wanting to do well and and wanting to get better and all that stuff. And I said, you know, the thing, the trick to the game is having, you know, wide focus and narrow focus. And the wide focus is walking around in between shots, having a conversation. Yep. And then you approach the ball, and now your focus narrows, and I'm going to hit this shot, and then we can be wide again. Yep. But sometimes, and he he suffers from this, but so do I, where all you are is narrow focus, narrow focus, narrow focus, all the way through the round, and it's exhausting.
1: Totally. You can't, you can't maintain that. Yeah, exactly. Um, our friend Carl Morris, who we're going to have on the show, I think, in early September, I remember early on when I was starting to follow his... I uh, actually buy DVDs and
0: of his DVDs. <laughs> what was that in the old days? Oh D- yeah. To D- <laughs> D- <laughs> D- <laughs> D- also get his original you get stuff. Up the old DVD player. Sometimes there'd be smoke D- coming out of it. DVD- you know? I don't. You know, it's funny. I somebody asked about a DVD the other day. I said I don't have anything in my house that even plays them. Uh, anyway, in the early days of Morris and the uh, Mind Factor. Yeah. Well I really think this is this is where we
1: can take sort of this general conceptual stuff that you and I have been talking about and put it into into something really practical for our listeners. And that is the idea of you have your you have your experiences when you're hitting the shot in between shots. So how do you get out of those two things? Because when you're dropping into hitting the shot, as you mentioned, it's narrow focus. And it actually takes a lot of mental energy. That's why, really, at the end of a round of golf, and people are tired, it's usually more so from the mental energy you've expended. You talk about, you know, Bobby Jones; he would lose fifteen pounds or something uh, playing golf. Anyways, the point is, so Carl suggested you set up a pre-shot process so that you drop in, so you sort of extricate yourself from the golf conversation you're have, conversation you're having and you drop into your shot so maybe it's you put the velcro snap on your glove you do something and your shot and your pre-shot process starts and you get into it and then when you're done you have a post-shot process and that could be just taking off your glove the club goes in the bag and you are done thinking about that shot and now your focus widens and you get back in the conversation or you're you're looking at the environment listening to the birds whatever and you step in and out because as again as carl said you kind of have this you have this small amount of mental energy and if you're tightly focused the whole time you're gonna you're gonna burn it you're gonna yeah. burn that out so stepping in and out of that process can really help you, A, have more fun and have more mental energy as you start to close out the round.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because I, I was talking to somebody about, you know, one of the few four-round tournaments I've played recently was the Canadian Senior Amateur a couple of years ago, in mean, the 2020 or whatever it was, 2019, 2020. And uh, it was four rounds. And when it yeah. was over... Um, I was exhausted, and I think I remember saying this to you. I I don't know how those kids do it every week because, you know, it was a practice round, and then four, so five days in a row, I was pretty intensely focused on my golf game, and I was, uh, yeah, it's a lot to take in. I I, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about, and I didn't mean to hijack this, but I think this is good for people to, you know, to hear us talk uh, honestly about know the experience of playing golf and again you know my handicap shot up to 0.4 so you know it's i'm still playing decent it's just i'm not it's my experience isn't what i want it to be and and i i wanted to nip it all before it gets to become habitual because as we've said many times and i'll just reiterate giving up is a habit and 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 i have i don't give up I still try, but also playing and enjoying the game is also a habit that I haven't been nurturing to the level that I should. I'm being honest, like I need to pay more attention to that because not only is it August now and soon it will be over and I don't want to spend the next two months grinding away at myself Um, because I feel so much better. Oh, after the last couple of days And I did after I left The Hamilton Golf and Country Club Are you yeah. kidding me I should have been And I was I mean part of that I mean not the entire 20 I wasn't seething for 27 holes But there were a few moments in that round That gave me pause That I wasn't enjoying the experience And that's what I My goal for the rest of the golf season Is to con, try and continue To feel light lighter and I've got some tournament golf coming up still And I want to But even that Like I, I want to approach this next tournament On Monday With a different lightness Because I'm just I'm, To be honest with you As a friend of mine I'm tired of myself I'm, I'm tired of being in this mode sometimes yep. Because it's like God damn it Howard Like it isn't that important It's only important to me No one else cares 100%
1: so the what ironic you- thing the ironic thing though is that generally that with that lightness and with taking that spotlight on yourself that's been narrow and is it in this judgment how am I doing am I meeting what I want to do am I, is my swing in the slot yeah. when you broaden it. Everything just lightens up Yeah <laughs> And, you, you just, and the, the ironic thing Is that's where Performance
0: happens Yes I'm only laughing Because I think I shared this with you That one of the things I've started saying To people on the first team Did I tell you this I, I think I did because my new thing now is could people say, okay, play well, uh, let's have fun, right? That's what they say in the first seat. But I've started saying, yeah, yeah, but let's just try not to hate ourselves too much <laughs> when this thing's over. And oh, Kent, that's great. Love that. Yeah. And Kent, I did that the first time with Kent, and he fucking laughed his head off. But what I really should be saying is, I'm going to try not to hate myself, yeah. Too much when this thing's over. Imagine that. Imagine playing tennis with your friend and saying, hey, go- hope we have a good game and I hope I don't want to slam my head into the net when it's over. What? I'm <laughs> really.
1: I yeah, I know. Now, we should get a high level tennis person in here someday and find out because I always think that, I always think, A, that golfers have way more fun than tennis players, but, you know, because we have Who knows? more funny sayings. But, anyways. Um, so, Timberly, but don't, don't you just, there was okay, there was a, want, there was a couple things this. you wanted
0: to talk about. Oh, no, just
1: before we leave this, All right. um, I wanted to uh, mention so, uh, Wednesday mornings, Greg Pacenti, the director of operations at Blue Springs, allows me to go out by myself before the official tea time. So I tee off about 7 a.m. and I just blast around. I can get it done in about two hours, 15 Are minutes. Are you walking or in a cart? Oh, I'm carting it because yeah, it's nice. about getting her done yeah yeah anyways um and i've been playing as i talked we talked last time i've been playing really really well for the last month well there i was six over after five holes nice good start and i'm yeah exactly <laughs> i'm going like well this round's over you know maybe i won't play the back maybe I'll just go to the range and this out and, and, I, and i'll go right I thinking, to the range
0: now from the seventh tee
1: Exactly, and and then I went. Then I finally went. Oh, for God's sakes, get over yourself! Yeah. Tim. Oh my gosh, and and I went. You know what? It, it's just like you were saying. I said, here we are, getting close to mid-August. This is going to be done. Like you don't want to waste an opportunity on a beautiful morning to be playing golf, to be out here by yourself and enjoying the birds and all that stuff. And so I just let that go. And actually, I had a really nice back nine that I think was had a lot to do with that so I let go of that bullshit. But anyways, it's just it's just an example of how I don't care who you are, we all go through the same nonsense constantly. You
0: know, it's interesting you say that because everyone listening can relate to what you've said, what I've said, being on the golf course thinking I don't know if wanna keep playing. Keep playing. That's the word. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep playing because I The score that I've had so far Doesn't line up with my image of How I believe I'm supposed to be playing Or whatever But I I like to remind people And it's funny because You know It's a You know It's part of the spiritual uh, You know Pathways to Nirvana seminar But (laughs) I, I would never talk to you The way I talk to myself Right, and that's a great reminder for all of us. I've been trying to be lighter that's the last couple of days. I was trying to be kinder mm-hmm. to how weird. The other thing is, you know the old saying in golf, eventually everyone's handicap shows up. I've said that to people, but you know, so when I have a poor start, um on Monday, I bogeyed the first two holes. I uh, you know, I pulled a couple of drives, I got a little bit of a bad break. But I was pretty calm because I somehow reminded myself that eventually my handicap was going to show up. And, you know, I probably wouldn't bogey every one of the holes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, if you're seven over after six or whatever it is or five over after whatever, you know, it's a nice reminder. Like at some point, my ability, given the opportunity as opposed to going to the range Will likely show up Maybe if, if not today At some point One of the things I You know I think you've spoken about I've spoken about This whole show should be Things we've said before But one of the things <laughs> One of the things we've all said is You know your, your fear as a golfer Is if you're playing poorly Your fear It's irrational Is that you're going to play like that Forever, forever. now Exactly And yeah. that's why we think Oh god I have to leave the course <laughs> I need to I need to go fix this But if you just allow it You know like I've had lots of rounds um, You know I was Yesterday I think I was uh, At three three putts on the front nine Long range three putts And I was a couple over I had a birdie And then I was one under on the back nine Yeah Um but at no point yesterday did I think, I have to go fix whatever <laughs> my putting. Yeah. I have to Well, fix on this that. episode of Things We've Said Before. Things <laughs> We've Said Before. I'm writing that down because I'm calling, that's the name of the show, Things We've Said Before. The thing that you've said before is that golf comes to you. Yes. And
1: just like you said, um, good, bad, or whatever, your, your game will come and go and come back and it's allowing it to come back rather than trying to go golf please like groveling for it to come back and and fighting hard to to, you know to go through was the (laughs) rolodex of swing thoughts that's right you're on the course you're
0: like dear baby dear like like you're speaking to the baby dear golf could you please stop dry humping me At this point So what it Like I I know we. This is sort of What we plan to talk about Or at least What you had You said you wanted to talk About a couple of things From recent Now maybe one of them Was the story of being On the course by yourself But you said there was A couple of recent uh, Tournament experiences You wanted to share Uh, Maybe I got that wrong it's okay if you no, don't.
1: No, I think we've talked about most of the, the I think we talked most of that core okay. stuff that I, I did want to hit upon today. But the one thing I wanted, maybe in the, in the short amount of time we have, have
0: to go here. Is yeah, before the, the network cuts in. <laughs> <So> it's like, <laughs> exactly. we could literally be, we could literally do four hours or 40 minutes. Uh, I'm waiting for some guy
1: with the voice of God go, this podcast is over because you've talked all this shit you're talking about today. We've heard already. We've okay? heard everything. Talk about something new. So I'm going to talk about something. We still talk about something that we've talked about a lot. Things a we've said before about,
0: continues.
1: Yeah. About adapting. Yes. And, and I think that what happens is, and I was an example of it, I I was struggling a bit on Wednesday morning, so I go internal. What am I doing wrong? What do I need to fix? As opposed to how am I not adapting to what the course is presenting to me? Right. And turns like the the puzzle there. Okay, there's a bunker there. There's a pond there, or the conditions are firm. You know, what's the target? I I I'm getting so. I'm learning so much about the target, and that's why I'm so excited that we're going to talk to Dr. Izzy Justice next week about the role of the target, especially in putting. But what I would do, and it comes up from time to time again, is particularly, let's say, to have a chip shot or something, and I'd be focused there, okay, I'm going to make sure that my right wrist is hinged and my weight on my left foot, and I hit this chip, and it's about 20 feet short because... I was so internally focused, I didn't realize. Oh, um, there's a this 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 hole is set up on a on a it rises to that and it's covered with dew. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'd be so internally focused, instead of 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 being out in the world looking at what's going on and adapting to that, because that's what causes the body to produce the shot that hits it the right amount of force, that puts the right direction on it. It's not from all the goofy nonsense in my own head.
0: Well, the, the, the sort of visceral example of that is when somebody spends so much time uh, working on the line of a putt and then leaves it seven feet short because they hadn't considered how far away they were. Um, Dr. Izzy Justice is a guy that I I'd never heard of. I was listening to Carl's uh, podcast, uh, The Mind Factor. Brain Booster. Brain Booster. (laughs) Sorry, Carl. Brain Factor Boosting. um, The Brain Booster podcast, and he had Dr. Izzy Justice on, and I I spoke of this, and and, and at first I was applying, like, basically he has this phrase called holding the target in your mind. And the idea is, can you look at the hole and look back to the ball and still think and feel where the hole is? But it also applies to pitching and chipping. I mean, I I rarely am taking a practice swing Thinking about how to chip or pitch That doesn't mean that I'm like going, okay Do I need to open the face a little bit here? Am I trying to hit a little cut spinner like Tiger would say? But very rarely am I thinking, oh, how do I do this? But I'm not enough I haven't been enough thinking about where do I want this to Where am I going to land this? And I'll tell you, since I heard the podcast with Izzy. The last couple of weeks, I've applied the same thing to, okay, I have a target, and that's this spot on the green where I want the ball to pitch to. It doesn't always get there, but at least I have a there or thereabouts, and then the last thing I do is I look at that target, and then right away I go and I pitch it, because as he'll he'll explain next week... If you're if you're if you look at the target and come back to your shot and all of a sudden start thinking about your shot, stop. Go back to the target until you're ready to until you can hold it in your brain. But I'll tell you Timmy, it's really it's been neat seeing how more often it 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 turns out okay because I'm more focused outwardly. Yep. Maybe that's the theme of today's show. That the outward focus physically and mentally produces better results you feel better about yourself and oh look the golf shot sort of works out okay
1: yeah outward focus and old shit we've talked about many times before but having a target your your body and brain and i'm talking about just the subconscious part or what or and the it act it activates what's called the corpus callosum in our brain. I'm How's sorry, you current? did what? Drop- corpus
0: who? <laughs> is that a is that a painful discharge? Oh my God! Did you hear? O'Connor had corpus colostrum. Yes. No, I thought it was a wide receiver for <laughs> uh, for Green Bay Packers. Anyway, um, please continue. So,
1: uh, when you focus on a target, let's say you're 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 pitching the ball, and you kind of go okay see that little dull spot there i want it to land there and then i think that'll run out like a putt your brain goes okay i got it and it will and and that's like what fred shoemaker says the target draws you yeah and it just and it's amazing you can't even really explain why it happens but you hit to that target and like you just said a moment ago you may not hit exactly on it but around it but it gives you direction, and your body knows what to do. Um, it just—it's it, like the same thing. If 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 you and I are playing catch, and and you and you know, it's like you know, it's like say throwing a football around, and your people are running around playing like wide receivers. You usually get the ball
0: right to Yeah, them. there are thereabouts. And it goes back to the original, uh, the original book I read on the mental side of the game—the very first one I read—and a lot of people maybe. Uh, as well, was golf is not a game of perfect, and that was Bob Rotella. And in that book, he says, and he's talking about, you know, targeting with your longer shots, but he said, you know, if you're not thinking about the target, what are you thinking about? It's imagine, you know, a guy at a free throw line, you know, yep. it does, a, it does a, you can see them, they do their pre-shot routine, three bounces and then up, but at that moment, they're not thinking You know, uh, wrist hinge, right arm back. You know, they're thinking of the target. And too many of us, too many golfers think that, and we've again said this before, standing over the ball, a lot of golfers are going through the Rolodex of things they think they should be thinking to enact this motion. And Izzy will tell us next week that, yes, you know, there's a certain mechanical um, you know, yeah. Certain, you mean, there are mechanics to what you're doing, but in the there's ac- awareness yeah, of what you're doing exactly. But in the activity of doing it, yeah. you really have to trust, and that's you know that's a Fitzsimmons thing, a pre acceptance thing, can you let it go. But part of us feel, and I'm the worst that I ever met, is we need to over control it. Absolutely. And Newton said, you know, you need to give up control to gain control. Um, and that's it. It's, we just like keep The 23rd talk. time, I think, yeah. in seven years you've said that. Yeah, but it's 58 <laughs> times. But it's true, and, and it's true of putting, and it's true of pitching, and it's true of longer shots, that the more you can just allow, then the better things will turn out. And even when they don't, um, and this is a Henrik thing, if you let it go, and let's say... You hit a really good drive, but it, you roast it, and you know you've made good contact, but you slightly pushed it, and it's in a bunker. It doesn't take away from you the way that steering it does. Right. I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling oh, when I've hit a totally shot, man. and I know I hung on, and I got ahead of it, and all that other technical bullshit. It just doesn't feel very good. You know, I, lo- I lost a ball yesterday in a hazard, but I killed it. <laughs> like, I, I know I let it go. I just happened to push it and it got a bit unlucky and it bounced, bounce, bounce, And it was in the hazard. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take anything away from me because I felt like at least I let it go. You know, and golf's tough, blah, blah, blah. Well, you experience. it's going to sound very esoteric, but you experience
1: freedom yes let it go and i think that's mainly what we're seeking in this game is freedom from you know freedom from our phones freedom from our thoughts freedom from our chronic self-absorption and freedom from trying to control everything including our golf shots and and when we we realize we can't do that and so i'm going to come back to, to fred shoemaker um he he uh He tells this story about being in front of the Texas PGA. There's about 800 people in the auditorium, and he says, "He said, you know, none of us really know anything about the golf swing." And he says, "What do you think happened? Yeah, you're right. It was a shit storm." He said, "Really? We teach the game. We we don't know the golf swing." What he's saying, he says, "He says, are we really arrogant enough to believe?" that we know how, like, that the neuron jumps from the synapse to connect with, and and that contracts the muscle and releases this. No, we don't. So when we can sort of surrender and give up control to this thing, we don't really understand how it works, but somehow it does. When we freewheel on some, when we pick a spot, we let our stroke go to a target, it's amazing what can happen. and We can't really explain it.
0: Yeah. It is. It is I, I love that thing. And, and again, in the category of things we've said before, you know, like Fred on the appearances on our show and on the times we both had a chance to talk to him, that's what Fred is. He's a facilitator of freedom. You know, yeah, extra, extraordinary golf, his book, when again, one of the first books I ever read on the mental side or the other way of looking at the golf game that's what he espouses he espouses a pathway to feeling freer in all the aspects and i'm not just physically mm-hmm. you know that you know there's a one of the things that he one of the first things that intrigued me and i'm sure you as well about fred's method was the idea that he would film people making golf swings all unathletic looking and very um controlling and and, and feeling uncoordinated. And then he would have them throw their golf clubs and film them doing that. And all of a sudden, they look like they reached all the positions that tour players reach. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they release all that stuff. They just look like different people, coordinated and free. And, you know, I, I think we can all admit that in our best moments on the golf course, that's what we feel. We feel a certain lightness, a certain freedom from, as you said, from all the, you know, normal mental, you know, the sturm and drang, detrus or whatever that word is, you know that.
1: Well, you know, this is interesting because because we were going to keep this relatively short, so I think this is a good way. What we're doing? <laughs> what? I guess we're, where are we? <laughs> we're, I guess we're doing a callback. Because what we talked about at the start of the show was that that heaviness, that must do, I got to do this right. The the search for solving the problem. Yes. Versus, can I can I play in a state of freedom? Yeah. Can I just let this go? Just do my best and see how it works out. Whereas golf becomes where where we're creating something. We're playing. We're you know it gets right down to the cliche. Are you playing golf? Freedom, create, enjoy. Gratitude, or are you playing golf swing? Yeah, try hard, search, D- yeah, judge, D- to make sure per- perfection. What? If it,
0: yeah, absolutely, all of that. Um, this, the, and, and 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 we're wrapping up now, everyone, <clears throat> but in a way, you know, it's uh, you know, there's basically August, September, October. Here in uh, southern Ontario, we can play until the middle of November. But basically, the regular golf season is three months away. So let's say this is a good kind of reset mentally for me. I feel like it. But I will say this. And I said at the beginning of the show, I was going to share a technical thing, which we don't often do here. And after after having said all we've said about being free and seeing how it goes, all I'll say is this, because this has happened to me. You know, and I and and I can. It happens to everyone, but I'll just say for me personally, you know, don't be afraid to. If you're if you're not having a a great uh, ball striking round, or you're not feeling good about your game, rather than think I need to overhaul my entire swing, and I'm going to tell my wife or a partner I'm off to go live with the (laughs) Leadbetter's. I would just uh, submit this. Just be aware, an awareness of where the ball is and where you're aimed. Because my buddy Henrik, who has been my teacher now for over 6 years, um literally saw me make a couple of swings and said a couple of things about where my ball was and where I was aiming and then completely changed how I was swinging. Because when you're when you're not aware, and this kind of ties into the mental part of this. When you're less aware, When you're internally focused, when you're trying to think about the motion, what you're not really paying attention to is where you're aimed and where's the ball relative to where you're aimed. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, it made such a big difference. All of a sudden, I could, again, back to the theme of freedom, I could release the club again. I could let it go again. I wasn't in my own way again. And this is all metaphors, too, if you want. But I... It released me physically as well as mentally took some of the pressure off like, oh, well, that's cool. And it didn't cure everything. I didn't magically hit everything great. But it was like, oh, thanks for that awareness that I'm not broken, that my swing isn't all of a sudden in the, you know, I've forgotten how to do it. Final thoughts to you, Mr. O'Connor.
1: Yeah, well, that, I think what you're talking about again comes back under this uh, uh, this broad theme of awareness. And so, rather than the usual thing that certainly I've done many times is I'm going like, oh, wh- what am I doing wrong? Am I not finishing my backswing? Am I doing this, this, and this? And that again, this this very tight spotlight. And I'm not aware that, wow, I got the ball really back in my stand.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Or, you know, or my God, I'm, I'm aiming out in the farmer's field. When I have an awareness of what's going on outside of me, that's w- usually way, way more valuable than this internal drama and search and all this stuff. Um, it, it's, it's amazing to me how, <laughs> because that's real. The ball yes. position of where it is, and in the, in the, in the, that is something real. That's substantial, as opposed to all these goofy thoughts, which you know, delusion, fantasy, whatever. It, it's not real. These thoughts are bouncing all over the place. But the the there is a certain amount of physics uh, to to golf, and if the ball's not in the right position, you're you're, you're on the arc and all that stuff of the path. You're going to contact it too early and then, or too late. Or, you know, you've got to create all this compensation to get the ball to your target. And it diminishes your ability just to act for
0: everything to happen in a more natural way. No, exactly. And that's why I say, you know, it's uh, I don't I mean, we often we almost never give out swing tips, but that's not a swing tip. That's like, if listen, it's halfway through the season. You might want to pay attention to that. So what this will ultimately do. Is increase your freedom. Gabriel? No. Free, uh oh! Too loud! Too loud! Sorry. <laughs> Too loud! Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. jwapparelinc.com is where you find out about zero restriction, be dratty, EPNY, and so much more. And of course, Neuropeak Pro, up your uh, game with uh, precision breathing. Find out how at NeuropeakPro.com. And of course, our title sponsor, uh, always a pleasure to be uh, represented by uh, TaylorMade Golf. If you want to know more about TaylorMade products, visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca. OConnorGolf.ca, that's where you find out what's going on with Teb. Teb does good stuff. Yeah I got blogs and everything Blogs if you like golf Blogs and of course uh, Fiercely Independent Humble and Fred Radio Uh, we'll see you next week A great show coming up next week with Dr. Izzy Justice Uh, the following Week with uh, Kathy Hartwood played on the tour her brother's uh, Deadly Heart Uh, you can get A little preview of what she's all about if you search Above Par uh, A podcast that I love Uh, We'll see you next week
1: Well i so.